live now. We're Hello. Live now. Hello, everybody. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Las Vegas. Uh, for those of you who have not been following along, um, Aaron and I are in Las Vegas. I don't know what just happened. Something glitchy kind of happened. But Aaron and I are in Las Vegas. We are here for, of course, the annual CinemaCon. It is back. It missed last year, obviously, because of COVID, but it is back. Uh, last night, we covered the Sony presentation, which ended in a surprise screening of Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is awesome. This morning, we covered the MGM uh, presentation, which was awesome. They ended it off not by showing us the entire James Bond movie, but they showed us a fantastic like nine minute scene from James Bond, which was absolutely bonkers. Fantastic presentation. Uh, by the way, a bunch of people saying hello in the live chat. Hello, Charles and Max, uh, Max Yes, John AM, uh, Dylan, Jimmy, and the thousand of you guys who are in the live chat already. Good to have you guys here. Um, and so this evening was Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers did their thing today and they showed us not as much as I thought in some ways, but more than I thought in other ways. So let's first talk about the elephant in the room. Sure. They start the Warner Brothers presentation. And we were all wondering kind of like, how are the movie theaters, the, all these 3,000 movie theaters owners going to respond to Warner Brothers? And it was packed. It, it was packed. I looked around the room and there were definitely, I, I, I felt like there were more people in the room and maybe because we had a different seat, but it felt like there were a lot more people in the room today, this evening for Warner Brothers than there were this morning. Yes. Well, a lot of people weren't going to get up at 830 this morning. To, <laughs> right. We're in Vegas. I about. saw them as I was walking through the lobby last night. They were going yeah, hard. Yeah. They were going hard last night and which is fine because you know, they, they're coming from Kansas Good or they're coming them. from wherever. They're yeah, in Vegas it. living it up. So anyway, Everybody's wondering how is these theater owners going to respond to Warner Brothers? And, you know, a guy comes out to introduce Warner Brothers. And the first thing he says, you know, Warner Brothers has been a trick. A little bit of background for those you don't know. Warner Brothers, of course, completely betrayed the movie theater owners by saying all of 2021 films would be HBO Max and in theaters, which, of course, pissed everybody off. So they introduce... They bring this guy out to introduce everything. He goes, now, Warner Brothers have been a real friend of the theatrical business. And as soon as he did... You heard chuckling, like, like audible ha, snickers. Like, ah, and the guy said, "No, no, really, they have been. No, really, they have." It's like, okay, sure. It um, was the uh, what are the chairman of? It was the chairman of NATO of NATO coming out saying, "No, really, they've been a friend of the theater." And all the just people just snickered in the audience, like, "Ooh, you can feel the animosity yeah. here. What's going to happen?" Um, I will also say this, just just to get the negative stuff out of the way, just to get the negative stuff out of the way. I will also say this that it during the Dune presentation, which we will talk about a little bit later, but you know, you got this Warner Brothers executive on screen saying, you know, the only way to see Dune is on the big screen. This is, it's the only way. And to which I turned to Aaron and said, then why the fuck are you putting on HBO Max on the same day? So you could almost kind of hear the snickering as well through the theaters when this Warner Brothers chairman is like, the only way to see Dune is the big screen. So I was kind of thinking, Oh, they're going to announce that they, it is going to be theatrical only, but they didn't. So they up, sat up there with all their hypocrisy going, the only way to see Dune is on the big screen. And yet we all know it's going to HBO Max. But anyway, that out of the way, that out of the way, there were a number. Aaron was smart enough to take notes this time because I wasn't. There were a number of big films that they were talking about. Now, again, much like the Sony stuff, remember there were some Sony movies they didn't talk about. And I said, well, yeah, I guess it makes sense now. They're only talking, because this is for the theater owners, they're only talking about the movies that are done. They're done and they're ready to go. And so movies like Black Adam and The Flash are not done. They're not, they're not ready to go. So uh, they didn't talk about Flash or Black Adam. 
And that's fine. That's fine. Because they're films that are still in, in post-production. But wow, did they have a lot... They showed us a hell of a lot of Batman. But we'll, we'll talk about the Batman in a minute. Uh, Malignant, Cry Macho, Many Saints of Newark, King Richard, of which... She made it on the big screen in the big presentation and it wasn't just the regular, it wasn't just the trailer. Like all of a sudden we're sitting there and there's Aaron on the big screen and the CinemaCon thing, which was so awesome to see. That's pretty cool. Uh, White Rabbit? I don't remember. What's White Rabbit? That was my note. Oh, I'm reading. So, <laughs> Matrix 4. We'll talk okay. about White Rabbit. Matrix, uh, what are they called? Um, Resurrections. Matrix mm. Resurrections. So we have, I believe that's the first time we've, is that the first time we've heard the official title for it? Maybe. It's Matrix Re Resurrections, uh, The Batman and Dune. So let's go through this one by one. Let's start with Malignant. That's the first thing they came out of, or was it Malignant or Crime Monster? Whatever. It was, it was Malignant. They came out of the gate, and so James Wan comes on screen, and he's talking about Malignant, and they showed a lot of footage that we had not seen before from Malignant. And I, they didn't talk about what the movie's about. I have no idea what the movie's about. Well, I, the, but the, visually, it looks really creepy. What I surmised from it, and I, what I, what I was a little bit, I was annoyed about it initially. Well, no, I was confused about it initially, and then now I'm annoyed about it because with what with a lot of the other films, what they did was they had uh, the director and some of the cast talking about this is what it was like to film this movie, and this is why this movie is so special, and this is why we loved it. And then they showed the trailer, which I think is great because it gives you a little bit of backstory and then you get to just settle in and you know remove reality and go into this world yeah. and malignant was I think one of the only, one of the only ones well there were a couple malignant was the was one that they didn't do that with all they did was talk about this is you know what we're doing and this is the world yeah, yeah, and yeah. the trailer was intercut into that and that automatically with a lot of behind the scenes footage as well but that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. is like I want to see behind the scenes footage and then take a breath and then show me the trailer. That's mm. what I, you know, when you have the trailer cut in with the behind the scenes, I can't just get immersed into the world of the movie. You know, right, the right, trailer right. does that for me. Um, and when it's broken up by yap yap talking, I don't care if it's by the stars, the director or whatever, it just takes me out of it and it reminds me, oh right, we're watching a movie, not, oh, I'm going into a new world. And so with Malignant, what I got from the, what was part of the story is that there was this, there's a woman, the star, who, who had an imaginary, had an imaginary friend, friend a as kid. a child who now comes back and is like haunting her, but I didn't get much more out of that. So I don't really know what else it's about. Yeah, they were just kind of selling the experience. Right, it's a they lot were... of visuals, a lot of really cool visuals, but I don't really know much else about it. Now, next up, but it, it looks really interesting, so there's that. They were really more selling the name James Wan on it than anything else. Okay, so then the next film they decided to highlight, which they didn't really highlight very much, was Cry Macho. Now, when I say they didn't highlight it much, I don't know that they gave more screen time to anything. Maybe Dune and Batman, but of all the other films, Cry Macho had the most screen time today, but it really wasn't, their presentation wasn't about Cry Macho. Their presentation was about Clint Eastwood. It was just all about the legacy and the history and, and the pedigree of Clint Eastwood. And that was great. It was awesome to watch and to see. And so they were just selling, you want this movie because it's a Clint Eastwood movie. And they had Steven Spielberg talking about Clint Eastwood. And they had and George Lucas. And George Lucas. And Marty and... Scorsese. And... But here's the thing, though. Can I be a little bit of a negative Nancy? Sure. Um, 
I love how I ask you that because I've never been negative. Like this, I've, like I've ever stopped you before. <laughs> right. Like I've ever stopped you before. You know, I, this is what I will say. It was very clear that this was all canned footage. This was all stuff like, I mean, it was Meryl Streep when she was in her 50s. She's yeah. now in her 70s. Like it was very clearly. This is old footage of them old talking about Clint footage yeah. of people talking about Clint Eastwood. Um, and, you know, and, and, and absolutely Clint Eastwood is an icon in this industry and we are all so lucky to have him but if you're talking to theater owners and you're saying hey we want you to play this movie cry macho we saw more footage of million dollar baby than we did of cry they really macho. did there was more footage of there was more footage of uh unforgiven greatest western of all time and uh, and Million Dollar Baby than there was of Cry Macho. They didn't even show the full Cry Macho trailer. No, they didn't it show just... anything except for like a little bit here, a little bit there. And to me, if I'm speaking objectively, and I am, again, this is, I, I love Clint Eastwood. This is not about him. This is a remark about the way that it was presented. The way that it was presented makes me wonder what they think about the film Cry Macho because they didn't just... They didn't say Clint Eastwood is this incredible, you know, icon of our industry, and here's the background of him. Like any of us need to see that. We know, we know who Clint Eastwood is. You don't have to sell us on it. But then to not really give us any of the story. Well, just... the trailer's already the trailer that's already out there public is has already given us the story. Like we already know the story. The trailer is out publicly. Everybody knows that, so I, I felt like. And see, right, what, but the Batman trailer wasn't any different. The Batman trailer is out there, and everybody's the, already seen that. But the Batman trailer was also intercut with a load of other footage and behind the scenes and stuff like that too. So it's like totally different. So it's like, okay, you guys already know the trailer. We put it out weeks ago, so we're just going to talk about Clint Eastwood, and I, I get I get it to a degree because if you've got like, look, when Clint Eastwood dies. It, it the gates of Hollywood Valhalla will instantly open and he'll be sitting at the head of the table. So when you got a guy like that doing a movie for you, I get that you're selling that. But that being said, you are there to sell Cry Macho. So there is no excuse to show us literally double the amount of footage from Unforgiven than you do for Cry Macho. Literally showing us twice as much footage from Million Dollar Baby than you do from Cry Macho. And I think so, it's yeah. also, it is a little presumptuous to presume that every person in the audience has seen the Cry Macho trailer. These are theater professionals. They probably have. I'm a theater professional. But I've I mean, never they, seen they it. actually work in the theater. No, I get it. Right? But what I'm right, but if I'm a theater owner in Nebraska and I have one theater, maybe I have, maybe I haven't. I think it's presumptuous that in this in this place where we are supposed to be really saying this is our movie and these are the reasons why you want it. All it was was you want this because Clint Eastwood is in it. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's it. And I don't think that that is enough for some people. It the audience was pretty responsive to it though. Okay. Like, I mean, so I don't know. We'll see. All right. So that's Cry Macho. Then a film I am very excited about. Many Saints of Newark. So, of course, this is the Sopranos prequel where they actually have... Uh, why am I freezing on the name of the star of the Sopranos? Um, James Gandolfini. James, uh, yeah, yeah, his James son. Yeah, James Gandolfini's son. Who looks fucking exactly like him. Um, 
Starring I was surprised in a, they didn't mention that when they were introducing the film. Again, I, th- I guess I think it's probably something that's already everybody already knows and whatever. At least all the theater professionals know, not general audiences, but all the theater professionals know. But they had like the creator of The Sopranos on there talking about like, when I was making this show 20 years ago, I never would imagine 20 years later I'd be talking to theater owners about a movie version of it that I'm doing. And then they showed us like a five-minute opening scene of the movie, which I didn't know. Your former co-star on Detroit Michael 187. Michael Imperioli. Michael, who played, what was his name? Christopher Moltisanti. Christopher. Christopher, what are you doing? Christopher. He narrates the ghost of Christopher. I didn't know that. I never I did I. so cool. So the ghost of Christopher kind of narrates the movie, which oh. is actually kind of thing. This is this is my uncle Tony, and you see little little Anthony Soprano, like as a like as a twelve kid. year old kid, yeah. right? He goes. He would later go on to strangle me to death. Which strangle? Was, he strangled his dad to death. No, strangled him to he death. Strangled him. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. He, he would later strangle me to death, and I'm like, okay, that's pretty damn funny. So they show this like this five minute opening scene. I the trailer the first of all the trailer for the movie sold me a long time ago. Yeah. This looks incredible. I love the opening scene. I love the fact that you got Christopher doing the uh, doing the narration of it. It looks great, and hearing from the uh, the showrunner as well, the creator of it, who also created the movie. Uh, is is pretty awesome. What do you think about the uh, this, the presentation for Many Saints of Newark? Well, I want. I mean, the first thing that I thought was, that's it. Give me more. Like what I, I thought we were. You know, like I wanted them to give me a, when they said, okay, and that's a little clip from it. I was like, no, no, no. I don't want a little clip. I want you to give me more of this. I want you know. I, show I, us I, the movie. I, like, show show me the movie. Show <laughs> me the movie. Um, I, I I thought it was really cool how they even introduced Christopher as the narrator because the camera does a slow wind through a graveyard. Of all the people who died on the show. Of all the people who died on the show. And as you're going across their grave, you hear that person's voice talking about what happened in their life. And then it slowly fades. They overlap one voice into another as it goes over the next grave. And as it's approaching Christopher's grave, you start to hear Michael Imperioli's signature accent, and then all of a sudden you, and then and then it just pushes out, and we go into the story. That is genius. Yeah, and so that is such well a done. Brilliant way Mwah. to introduce a narrator to a story. I mean, just gorgeous. It was very very well done. So the Many Saints of Newark one again. Just I'm so hyped for this movie. This could be, honestly, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I'm starting to believe this could be an Oscar contending oh, kind of movie. Oh, it is definitely totally going to be an, Oscar an contender award kind of show film. Yeah. For sure. All right. Let's move on. So that was Many Saints in Newark. Then came up King Richard, which the trailer was great. Obviously, if you've seen the trailer, almost like half of it is this lady right here. Isn't half it? I didn't know if they would put that footage because they didn't just show the trailer. Of right, it. this is a new a, this a big a presentation they showed of King Richard. A lot of footage and stuff like that. Much more of the of the girls and the actual story. I feel like this is going to be the second trailer. It was too long to be a trailer, like because that was like five minutes long. Well, you're the trailer expert. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. It was like five or six minutes long. But then, sure enough, you hear. There's a piece of footage up, but then you hear Aaron's voice coming from the screen. And of course, Aaron and I get excited. It's like, wait, wait, are they? And then sure enough, they then in comes Aaron on this filling up the screen at CinemaCon. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Now, <laughs> aside cool. from the fact that Aaron is in it, which obviously brings a degree of bias. Okay, obviously. So you all know that there's a degree of bias. That being said, this film looks remarkable. 
It looks incredible. The trailer was quite good. The footage we saw tonight, it was made far more compelling. Like again, like Aaron was saying, they went far more into the girls, a lot more focus on them, about you know Will Smith's character, Richard, trying so hard to get his girls taken seriously and all that kind of, it, it looks fantastic. John Bernthal comes across as great. There's this great scene by Bernthal. He says, if this is, he's talking about Venus and, Ser uh, Venus and Serena. He's like, you know, if this is their dream, great. But if this is your dream, talking to, Kit, talking to Richard, if this is your dream or my dream, then this ain't ever going to work. And I'm like, oh, it's like such a good line. Um, the movie looks remarkable. Again, this is Will Smith. Look, let's make no pretense about it. This is Will Smith gunning for that Oscar he hasn't gotten yet. Big time. And he's got a pretty good shot if, the, if what we've seen is anything. Anyway... Aside from the thrill of seeing yourself, because this is the first time you've seen, obviously you've seen this footage, right. but this is the first time you've seen yourself in this movie on the movie screen. Um, and, and what was that feeling like for you? And then what did you think about the overall footage? Understanding, of course, a little bit of bias, you're in the film, but what did you think? Um, I am going to try not to get emotional, but I will say <laughs> that when I moved to Los Angeles, from uh, Huntsville, Texas, 20 years ago, not knowing anyone and not having any business joining, tr trying to be a part of this industry, my greatest dream was that I would do some like really awful B movie that got me in Blockbuster video so my friends could rent a video and say, my friend was in that movie. And so to be at a convention with so many industry professionals and to see myself not only on a big screen but to see myself in a big screen in a movie like that with will smith i just i wish i could go to 13 year old aaron and just give her a hug and tell her it's all gonna be okay <laughs> i really do i mean i i just i really do i wish i could i wish i could go to aaron yesterday and say it's gonna I mean, we're all still growing but anyway or, that or aaron aaron currently like who at the time playing uh, street prostitute number two in Star Trek Enterprise. Excuse me, I was prostitute number one oh, in Star Trek sorry, Enterprise. You I can stand check corrected. That IMDb. Prostitute number one <laughs> in Star and tell her you're gonna be on the big screen with exactly, Will Smith at exactly. Okay, but that aside, my own absolutely, uh, yeah, it, it definitely was was a moment. It was a beautiful moment, and I encourage all of you out there with uh, crazy dreams that people tell you you're nuts to pursue. You know what? Go for it because you never know and uh, I hope that this is just the first of many 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 more big screen appearances oh it's not the first I've been on the movie no before. it's not the first but you know like the first in my 40s there I'll go there <laughs> uh, look, honestly I it I still to this day Aaron and I have been friends for over 10 years now still to this day there are things I stumble across where she had never even let me know she was in Anne and I were in watching the disaster artist Oh, uh, with the James Franco movie. Oh, yeah. And like we're sitting I there watching the movies. We're sitting there watching the movie. It's like, do, 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 do. And then all of a sudden it's like, and is that Aaron? <laughs> and she goes, Anne's like, that's Aaron. <laughs> and Anne, Anne looks at me. It's like, how come you didn't tell me Aaron was in this movie? Because I didn't fucking know Aaron was in this movie. And then Aaron we're watching, didn't know that Aaron was going to be in that movie. You knew you were in no, the movie. No, trust me. When I tell you the story Well, of the you told day me the story. You did tell me the story. So you didn't know if it was going to be left in or out. So we watched this scene, probably about a seven-minute long scene. 
And then, like, we come out of the movie and instantly I get on the phone. It's like, uh, how come you didn't tell me you're in The Disaster Artist? So, any, anyway. Sorry, anyway, we're, we're talking not about talking King about Richard. that. We're talking about back, King to, so back to King okay. Richard. I will say this. Yes. Um, Tom, and Tom also, my husband, Tom, is also in King Richard. We don't know if his part is still in it because it didn't make the trailer. Right. But I'm hoping that it, his... That would be so, awesome to see him on there, too. Yeah, it would be great. So, uh, um, you know, we did a table read of this film. So, I, I've read the entire script. I, I, I've watched all of the actors in the film read the entire script when we did the, the Zoom table read. And this is a, an incredible script that captures so much of um, family, love, fighting against the odds, and the way that these young girls who portray Venus and Serena trained. I mean, when we had to take a break from filming for like three or four months, these girls were training to play tennis every single day, and uh, and it and it really shows they up look awesome. on the court. They look awesome. They look incredible. So many things were shot for shot, uh, repeated. The specific looks that were made iconic when uh, Venus and Serena were first starting their careers. So to see even the parts, obviously I haven't seen the entire movie, but everything that I've seen has been at such a high quality, high caliber, that the only way for this movie not to be in strong, strong Oscar contention yeah. is for every other scene that we haven't seen to be just like South Park <laughs> or like stick yeah. figures. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited about this. This is absolutely one of those movies that you're going to want to see on the big screen because they will have the t the massive tennis courts and creating, uh, you know, Compton is is an actual character in this movie and the separation of when the girls cross over into this other world mm. that they are not invited into. It's just really exciting. It, it looks fantastic. I can't wait to see it. Keep King Richard very hard. It just may be the one that finally gets Big Willie his Oscar that he's been, uh, he's been looking for for a long time. I think time. he deserves it. All right. Next up, we get into the big three now. So we talked about Malignant, Cry Macho, Many Saints of Newark, King Richard. Then we get into the big three. Matrix uh, Resurrections. Matrix 4, a.k.a. Matrix Resurrections. Now, let me be honest with you guys. Not only am I not interested in Matrix 4, I can't imagine why anybody, honestly, I don't know why anybody is interested in Matrix 4. Because, number one, I love the first Matrix as much as anybody. I love that movie. But the reality is that the love of those movies exponentially dropped to number two okay. and then number three. I actually liked Matrix 2 more than most people do. I actually liked number two liked more him. than... I liked it more than most people, but a lot of people... I mean, uh, the twins... and I, I just, Look, I, li I really like two. Not as much as one, but a lot of people didn't like two. And then I don't personally know anybody that liked three. Mm. So it went, the franchise went on a steep decline. And then after that, the Wachowskis, frankly, have made some of the worst movies I've seen in my life since then. I'll never forgive them for uh, Jupiter Ascending. My God, that was honestly like one of the worst motion pictures made in history. That's how bad that was. So I'm sitting there like, yes, the first Matrix over 20 years ago was iconic and awesome. Tell me other a reason other than that that we should be excited. So I don't okay, look. I'll, go see I'll it. give you that. 
I'll go see it. I go watch it. I just don't see any reason to be excited for it. Now, as somebody who does not feel excited for this movie, the trailer is awesome. Mm -hmm. It's an awesome trailer. Like, I always talk about how the job of any trailer is take your excitement level, however high it is or however low it is, and mine is pretty damn low, and bump it up a couple of notches. Mm -hmm. This did it. Now, I, I still don't have a lot of faith in this movie. I'm not going to lie to you. But there is no taking away. This trailer was fan-fucking-tastic. It's absolutely glorious. And it doesn't do anything to answer the question about... Now, Neo died. How is he here? And they don't do anything in this trailer or the footage that they showed us or Keanu Reeves talking about or whatever. They don't do anything to even remotely address this until the title came on the screen and it's called Resurrections. I'm like, okay, so clearly there's something. But there's shots of like the, the classic shots of an agent taking over one of the people and all of a sudden he's an agent mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the battle's going on. Carrie Ann Moss looks badass. Um, seeing Carrie Ann Moss, and, so in the trailer, Carrie Ann, Carrie Ann Moss and, and Keanu Reeves get together and they don't know each other. She's like, like, do I, have we met? <gasps> oh. Whoa, hello. You Stop know. it! <laughs> you don't do that about Keanu Reeves, he's a national treasure. He's a, well, he's a Canadian national treasure. He's a good Canadian kid. Well, he's so, American anyway. now, so. So anyway. We, we have claimed Keanu Reeves. Is that just like what you guys did to Justin Bieber? And look how that turned out. You guys ruined Justin Bieber. We, he still has time, he's young. He's young. He's he very, can redeem himself. That being said, <laughs> the action looked incredible. It looks like, um, well, we've known that Lawrence Fishburne was not gonna be in this movie. We, we learned that a year ago. But it does still look like uh, Morbius is in it. Uh, because It looks like a younger a young version, version. A young version of him. So they got... Um, oh, what is the name of the actor? I'm freezing. Anyway. From Star Wars. No, no, it wasn't John Boyega. What, what am I... Who, he, who, it's who the guy he? from Aquaman. The guy who played the villain in Aquaman. The guy who played uh, Black Manta in Aquaman. Uh, I, I can't remember. Anyway. Um, so clearly he's playing uh, a younger version of Mobius. And... That was, I mean, it, it looked good, but I found myself, and I'm sure, I'm sure narratively there's a reason for that. I'm totally sure that once we see the movie, there's a narrative reason for that. Uh, it's Abdul Mateen. Thank uh, yeah. you so much, yeah, yeah, guys. Thank you, guys. Um, so I'm sure there will be a reason for it. But in just watching the trailer, I was like, that should really be Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> but again, I'm sure there is a story reason for that. So all I can tell you guys, and see Keanu Reeves in there, and Keanu tells this great story. He's like, you know, I get people come up to me and say, the Matrix changed my life. And I say, thank you, because it changed mine too. He didn't it's, say it like that, John. He I'm totally a, did. No, he didn't. Everybody knows that's exactly how he said it. And it's, that's him. That's his, that's, that's, how, that's his inflections. That's how he talks. It's, he's a treasure because of it. Stop putting him down for the way he acts. It is the way he acts, and he's How great. Did that turn around on me. <laughs> you are so, so terrible. Anyway, uh, look, all I can tell you is that from a guy who has zero interest in Matrix 4, no belief that this is actually going to be any good, from that guy, I am telling you this trailer is incredible. And I don't know if they put it up online already or not. They may have put it up online as soon as the thing was done, so maybe you guys seen it, maybe you didn't. But... Just 
wait till you see it, guys. Just wait till you see it because it's fantastic. And it's not even the first or second best thing from this presentation, but it was magnificent. What do you think about The Matrix trailer? What stood was, out to you the most? I was so in. What stood out to me the most is that I felt like they went back to the original Matrix. It was um, a lot of where are we? First of all, I don't care. By the way, everybody's saying it's not online yet. Okay, but I'm sure it's going to come. It's going to come soon. And when you do, whoo turn off the lights, close the windows, keep just sit yourself down like a cinematic experience and watch the trailer. Watch it do. on your big screen. Watch it on your smart TV. Don't watch it on your don't iPhone. Don't watch it on your stupid phone. Don't watch no. it on your phone. So what? I, first of all, Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit, it has such... Boom, and boom, boom, impact. Boom, boom, boom. That's the song me. they play. It's so powerful. And I have seen this song used in trailers in the past. I've never seen it used in a movie with a movie that was so perfect. It was almost as if the song was written and performed specifically for The Matrix. And obviously we know that it wasn't because it came out in the <laughs> 70s. But it was so beautiful because it's specifically, as you know, if you know the song very well, like I do, it's talking about, you know, it's all about Alice in Wonderland and one pill makes you smaller and one pill makes you... It, and it's actually the way that the trailer was was crafted, it was choreographed Around the to song, yeah. the song to the point where even like you'd see someone running up a wall and you'd hear a bullet bah, 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 right in between the percussion of the song. And it, I mean, it was so impossible not to be physically moved and falling, like just jumping out of your seat to the enjoyment of this I, I that that's what i also love about a trailer is when they don't just go let's show you a bunch of cool things laser shooting out of your eyes boom 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 you know where i got that from yes um but they actually go you know what we're gonna meld this with the music we're gonna make this a full sensory experience and um yeah i i, I definitely want to watch this movie uh in a theater and then i want to go back and watch it again in a theater on mushrooms because on that <laughs> is gonna be awesome. Uh, yes, I, I I was really excited about it. I I, I the Morbius, um, I couldn't tell who it was. He had the little glasses on. Um, the Morbius did look like it was gonna be like some sort of time jump flashback almost because yeah, it's very tell. he's very clearly a Morbius. It's not do, they're not doing that thing where they're like let's just replace one character of a certain ethnicity with another person and no one will notice. It was very clearly we're young, we're creating a younger version of Morbius. Um, and I, I just I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I keep saying Morbius. It's actually Morpheus, but I keep saying Mor Morbius. Oh. Mobius, Morpheus, Mobius. I mean, it's, yeah. Anyway, um, Mephisto. Mephisto. It's totally Mephisto. <laughs> they all the same. It's thing. Mephisto. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, guys, the trailer. Is fantastic. The, the behind the scenes footage they showed was really cool. Talking, like seeing the studio heads even talking about it. Like the studio exec was talking about, yeah, I was here 20 years ago when we put out the first three movies. He goes, I didn't really get it at first, but the more box office it made, I started to love it more. And it's like, well, that, that was actually pretty funny. Yeah, they, pretty got cool. a, they got a good laugh on that one. Which, that, but, and, and you know, I have to say, if you are an executive at Warner Brothers and you happen to be watching this, let me just say this. The beginning, it was cringe, not gonna lie. But here's the thing, I forgive you, you are not actors. Your jobs are not to read off teleprompters and to seem genuine. So 
I get it. It was uncomfortable. It was a little awkward. But the self-deprecating jokes, that's where you're going to win your audience, okay? Yeah. And just don't be afraid to get off that teleprompter. Don't be afraid to. Yeah, I'm, I'm not kidding, guys. It was like this. It was like this. I am so happy to be here with you today to talk about Warner Brothers' exciting upcoming slate of movies that we're going to bring to you. Pause for laugh. That's right, John. Thank you for saying that. I, too, am very excited that I'm here. And here's the thing. I get it. Again, you're not actors. It's not your wheelhouse. Just here's a few tips. Number one, read it at least five times so it just can get part of your cellular memory. Read it out loud five times, and then that way you don't have to follow it along. You can just do a little speed read. And you know what? Shake it out. Do some diaphragmatic breathing. You got this. But I, that was definitely a good Here's moment. the worst part, though. The funniest part and the worst part was this. The head honcho dude is standing. It, oh. like, <laughs> it looks like he's standing in um, uh, a soundstage. He's in a soundstage. With a door open that looks out into the Warner Brothers lot. That's behind him. That's behind he's him. He's on right? the lot. Yeah. He's on the lot. Which part are you thinking about that you're laughing at? Because well, to me, it's it's the Matrix glitch where the guy, the same guy walked by twice. Oh, uh, no. So, so they try to make it look like that. But clearly he's on a green screen because the loop footage, there's footage behind him. And like this guy walks by and the sidewalk in the back are no big deal. But then in another line that he's talking a little bit later on, you see the same guy. It's, it's just loop footage. The same guy walked by in the back. I was like, okay, so clearly that's green screen. That oh, doing. no. What part are you thinking of? No, what I, what I was thinking of is that like the first time that you kind of felt a little bit of the pressure leak in the room when everybody finally had a real laugh was also like at their expense because there was somebody that started to walk behind him and then realized that they were filming and then ran off the side and there was a big laugh. I guess that was kind of staged too because it was so clearly green screen. But at, at any rate, at any rate, it's... That, you know what? I was. We should talk more about the movies. Yeah, they. But, but that being said, I thought that they, you know, they came in, they, it started in a hostile way but I, what I will say that I really like is the fact that they let the movies speak for themselves. Yeah, they were like, you yeah, know yeah. what? We could go there, but we're we're really going to be... We're, we're going to let the movies speak for themselves. And here's the deal. They did. Yeah. They brought a killer slate of Although, movies. I should say this. When we did the stream earlier this morning about the uh, MGM presentation, I, I ended off by saying, hey, guys, you know what? Kudos to Warner Brothers for even coming because they know they're going to take a lot of heat. Yeah, well, I take that back. They didn't have the guts to show up personally. They just recorded their their presentation and put it on the screen, which is fine. But clearly, they didn't want to get there and stand in front of a hostile 3,000 people. And that's okay. Whatever. So anyway, guys, uh, Matrix, the trailer is fantastic. And it certainly elevated my expectation. I'm still not excited for the movie, but there's no denying. The trailer's remarkable. And I can't wait to watch the trailer again as soon as it comes online. All right. But as good as that was, it was only the third best thing they showed. Because the next thing they talked about was Batman. And Batman was not the best thing they showed either. But we'll, we'll get to that next when we start talking about Dune. But Because they saved the best for last. They saved the big stuff for Dune. But in Batman, they showed a lot of footage. Uh, before. Like They showed the full regular trailer that we've already seen. But prior to that... They showed us like five minutes of footage intercut with the directors and the producers and Robert Pattinson talking. We got our first real good look at Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Oh, yeah. I love the look. 
Oh yeah. I love the look. Like it's a this very just down, dirty, gritty kind of mask. That... Yeah, it doesn't look like she's wearing a costume. She actually. Yeah, it's looks... not Halle Berry's Catwoman outfit. No, she actually looks like. I am a person who sneaks into people's homes and into places where I can steal things. She looks like a cat burglar. She looks like a human who like found a, a who who created an outfit but didn't sit there meticulously. Like let's face it, Catwoman does not sew, all right? Relax <laughs> on that. She's going to put on a pair of like, you know, spandex leggings and a black tank top and a little hood and she's good. She's set. Done. Um yeah, so that's, by the way, somebody's asking about, wait a minute, so there was no flash off? Yeah, they weren't talking about any movie that wasn't already finished. That That's basically it. Any They were only talking about movies that were now finished, ready to go, and just waiting to be released in theaters. That obviously is not Black Adam. That obviously is not The Flash. So they didn't talk about any of those things. Just like none of the other studios really talked about any movies that weren't done and just ready to they go. They might mention, oh, and then in the future oh, yeah, they we mentioned, have blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, they mentioned the other DC, they mentioned the other DC films and all that kind of stuff, yes. But the one film they have that's actually done is The Batman. And they spend a lot of time talking about The Batman. They went a lot into, as well, talking about the year two nature of it. There's like, they were talking about how, look, we really didn't want to do another origin story. Mm. But... At the same time, we wanted a new Batman who was still figuring himself out, figuring out how to temper his insane rage, how to be the detective, how to do all that stuff. Because you're still kind of seeing it's not an origin story. He's been Batman for a bit, but only a bit. It's year two. And they really focused in on that. And Robert Pattinson talked a lot about the psyche of Batman and how that all plays into all this kind of stuff. And then they showed more footage that we hadn't seen before, a lot focusing around Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, a few more action scenes that we hadn't seen before, a little bit more emphasis on the, the side characters. We had a little bit of, uh, oh, why am I forgetting the name? Uh, Jeffrey Wright. Mm -hmm. A little bit more of Jeffrey Wright uh, as Gordon. And then, and then they kind of tied it all together by showing the trailer again. And... The one that the trailer that you all have that, seen. that you've all seen. It's the, it's the same trailer. It's like oh, they showed a whole bunch of footage and then they showed the trailer everybody's seen. I don't think they're going to release the footage that they showed to us, but I am I'm telling you, what, I've already been excited for this because everybody knows I wanted the Ben Affleck Batman. I wanted a Ben Affleck written by, directed by, and starring Batman movie. But if we can't have that, a Matt Reeves Batman is the next best thing. And I am telling you, that feeling I had watching the trailer at DC Fandom last year uh, is only now, you know, heightened because of the footage we saw, the extra commentary being given to it. It just, it, it doesn't just look, here's the thing. It doesn't just look like a great comic book movie. It looks like a great movie. Yeah. For, forget, like, it's, I, I would, instead of putting this movie in the conversation with The Flash and Black Adam... I actually feel more comfortable putting this movie in a conversation with the many saints of Newark mm. and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It just feels like a great motion picture, regardless of the fact that it's being done about the most popular superhero in the world. And it looks remarkable. It looks absolutely remarkable. I cannot wait for this movie. Uh, I am just beside myself. So the Matrix stuff was great. I thought the Batman stuff was even better. But even the Batman stuff paled 
compared to what we saw with Doom. But we'll get to that in a second. What did you make of the Batman stuff we saw? The thing that really stood out to me, um, I was surprised that we didn't get a new trailer. I wanted a new trailer. You know what? Here's the thing. I've been at this convention for just over 24 hours, and I am spoiled. I want more. You're not going to give me three minutes. You better give me nine minutes, because that's what MGM When it gave. opens with a surprise screening of Ghostbusters, it's... it's I'm pretty spoiled. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have certain, you know, I'm used to a certain standard, and that's what I expect to be provided for me from this point on. So, sorry, studios. You just got to kick it up, because Sony just... You know, Sony treated me right from day one, so you get a high bar to, to come back to. So, uh, but I will say this, what really stood out for me in the trailer, um, obviously, it's the Batman. We know there's gonna be incredible stunts. We know there's gonna be insane gadgets and gizmos and guns and, you know, all sorts of new tricks and toys. We, 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 we come to expect that. We have all been spoiled when it comes to what to expect from the Batman as far as that part is concerned. What we, what I wasn't expecting that I was thrilled to hear, especially from Robert Pattinson, is that he said, this is the most emotional Batman film you will see in that it has, um, a, a, the heart is going to be ripped out a little bit more. And I don't know what that means. Obviously they yeah. didn't show us that much of that part of it, but just the simple fact that he said that, um, made me even more intrigued of going, oh, this isn't just going to be another Batman movie. Like, that's exciting. But, like, again, what is new that you're going to be giving us? And for me, the intriguing part is hearing that this is really going to be a journey, um, like a hero's journey. And uh, and I also, when, whenever he, they have that image, we've all seen it, it's in the trailers at the very end where it's sort of like the camera's at this point and it's looking over him and he doesn't have the bat hat, hat the bat hat, the, the bat hat, the cowl. The cowl the on. The bat hat. The bat hat. <laughs> the bat hat. Um, uh, that little, you know, little, what do you think? Um, but his eyes are all black. It kind of gave me crow vibes. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, you're 100% right. It really did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Who, who's the late actor who was in the crow that was uh, so Lee. good? Uh, oh. Bruce Lee's son. Uh, yes, um... Brandon, Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee. Brandon, Brandon Lee. Lee. Yeah, he very much has this Brandon Lee look. And I, it just sort of like took my breath because I remember when Brandon Lee tragically died on the set. And, and, and it, you know, I remember being so shocked by that. And there was, I don't know, there was just something about, um, I felt something something was being channeled there. Uh, so I'm really excited about the story for this. Obviously, like I said, we know all the action and the cool stuff is gonna be there. It wouldn't be the Batman without it, but I'm also really excited about um, what we're gonna see from the story. Now you guys remember in the trailer, Batman beats the shit out of that one guy. Just boom, boom, beats, just beats him down. Says, I am vengeance, right? They showed some more footage of his combat style. And the best way to put it is like that fight scene in the trailer, he just has a very visceral fighting style. It's just like, he's not he's not a finesse fighter. It's he's not just, polished. He's beating the shit out of people. He's I a mean, brute. Yeah. He's a brute. He's just beating the shit out of people. And it's oddly very fun to watch. So oh, yeah. it it looked it worked really well for it. Well, because so. there's something so dangerous about that. Yeah. Like, there's something about someone that's just got that that just goes into a that just sees black and goes into this rage where they yeah. just beat someone and just with a fury where they don't even know what they're doing anymore. And to see so, a character that is as 
with it, like as together, as polished as we've seen Batman have to be, it's really nice to see Batman yeah. unhinged. Like Very even in Batman Begins, it, yeah. which was the darkest Batman we had seen at that point, there was still, he was still polished. And it was nice to be able to see him sort of uh, not yet be refined and still have a lot of uh, a little a lot of brute in him. One other thing that they mentioned that I thought was really interesting, but we've heard other Batman iterations kind of say this, and it's never really been true. But I have a feeling it will be here. I think it was Jeffrey Wright who was saying Gotham is a character in this movie. Like the city of Gotham truly is a character in this movie. And watching the footage, the way they shoot the city and everything, it's like, I really believe it this time. Yeah. Like, I really believe, like, like the, the Gotham itself is such an integral part to the mythos of Batman that really often gets overlooked. Like, it's just, too often Gotham is just treated like, oh yeah, you know, another gritty town, like, like a Chicago or a New York, just another gritty town that's got... Gotham is supposed to be much more than that. And I really get the sense from the footage we saw that this really will portray that. Gotham is going to be a living, breathing thing that's going to play very prominently into the story and the makeup of who and what Batman is. Well, Matt Reeves even said that they shot as much practical as they could. They did, and yeah. Practical, for those of you who don't know, is a sort of movie term for, you know... Not green screen. Not, yes. If it, if it, this is a real pillow, you know? like Is it? Is it, though... Is it not just a green CG? Okay, it's very real. It's a it's very, very real, real pillow. So yeah, so as many things practical as possible versus saying, okay, we have these actors and the entire film is shot on green screen, which is special in and of itself, but it's when you see actors physically interacting with the set that they're on, that's just, it's just different. Yeah. It's and so, you can feel that. Uh, so that was Batman. I'm sure we'll talk more about Batman because I'm sure a lot of you guys are going to write in questions about the Batman. But believe me when I tell you. Now, I know, you guys already know, that Dune is my number one most anticipated film of the year. That being said, just as it kept, like, the Malignant was good, the Cry Macho thing, Many Saints in Newark was great, then the King Richard thing was great, and then the Matrix thing was great, and then the Batman thing was great, and then Dune. Oh my God, and then Dune. They probably spent about 15 minutes oh, yeah. or more on Dune, including showing us like a, a 10 minute scene uh, from the movie that Denis Villeneuve says is his favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, it's beautiful. And look, with all the greatness in the trailers and, and all that kind of stuff, you, it's not until you actually sit down and watch a good like 10 minute chunk of the movie that it really gives you a sense of the, I hate using this word, but it applies, the epicness and the scope of this movie is it you know what it made me feel feel like uh Elizabeth Taylor's Cleopatra oh. like you just think you just, or, or or the old Ben Hur like you just think of these massive set pieces it felt like every single shot was some massive glorious set piece and they showed us this scene where you know Paul uh Atreides uh, played by uh, Paul Chalamet Chalamet gets there. Timothy Chalamet? Did I say Paul? Okay. Well, because his character's name is Paul. That's why I said that. Timothy Chalamet gets there and he's kind of being introduced. They're being shown around Arrakis and it's the first time you see the sandworms. Only you don't really get a good look at them because there's this big menacing thing. There's a spice harvester and off in the distance you see the rumbling of the sand. They know under the surface. this worm is coming and it's this whole action sequence of them desperately trying to get the personnel off the spice collector before the worm gets there. 
And it's just the thing with the spice in the air. And Oscar Isaac looks amazing. So good. So they showed a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes footage. They showed a good sizzle reel of all the action. And then they showed this 9 to 10 minute scene. And then they replayed the trailer. And it was just this incredible thing. I don't know how they got Denis Villeneuve to talk about it because Denis Villeneuve hates Warner Brothers right now, so I cannot believe he actually agreed to come and do this. But still, it was great that they got him on screen there to talk about it. It is his baby after all. Um, this movie is straight up orgasm inducing. Like it's, it's just, I can't believe what I'm looking at. And we talked after it was done, it's like, no, 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 no. This is not just gonna be a great genre film, mm -mm. this is gonna be a leading best picture Oscar contender. For sure. It, it just looked like- Absolutely. And what I will say about this Warner Brothers thing is they, they escalated from how great everything looked in Many Saints to how amazing everything looked in Matrix to amazing everything looked in Batman and it just kept getting better and better and better and the crown jewel of it all was Dune. Yeah. This is gonna be their best film in a lineup of amazing looking films. King Richard, Many Saints, Matrix. I, I still don't have a lot of hope for Matrix, but the trailer's insane. Batman, Dune, it just was astounding. It was really your first really good look because you've never read uh, I never read Dune, Dune or anything like that. So no, what, was your, what was your experience like watching all that stuff that we were getting? Yeah, so I had the, uh, ex I had the feeling going into Dune that you had going into Matrix. It, I just was really not interested. Um, I never read the books. I don't like sand. I don't like butthole monsters. It has all of it, those things. As the first, as the first camera shot of, of the, the sand landscape, all I hear Aaron is saying, there's so much sand. <laughs> she literally said it out. There's so much sand. There's so much sand. So much sand. So much sand. It's coarse and rough and it gets everywhere. And you can just, it's always in your car and then you find it in like your ear three weeks later. That's why I hate the beach. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm an annoying person. I get it. Uh, so yes, I was not going into Dune, but I get it. Like everybody's like, oh my God, Dune's so great. So I was going to eventually see it. I was, I knew I was going to watch Dune because it was going to be this big deal. So I was like, all right, I'm going to watch it and I'm sure it's going to be great. But I wasn't excited about it. And that's different. There's a difference between, yeah, I'll watch it because I need, I need to know what's going on and I need to be able to talk about it intelligently. And, oh my God, I don't know how I wouldn't see this movie and be able to live. And right. so this is a movie that, um, you know, what I love is, yes, it, there is a lot of sand. But for those out, for, for those people out there who have my same like sand issues, there's also all these other worlds. It was very yeah. Game of Thrones in that way. In that, if you don't like this, if you don't like this world, don't worry because they're gonna go over to another world later. And uh, Dave Bautista is the leader of these weird bald people, and they look really <laughs> scary and menacing. The Harkonnens. And, sure. <laughs> and, y you know, I thought that Josh Brolin looked amazing. Yep. It, like, he looks... Momoa looks really good, too. Momoa looks fantastic. Uh, he he not only and a lot of times you'll see the comedic el the comedic relief of the movie not be someone who's also taken seriously. Momoa, you take him very seriously as a warrior, as a fighter, yeah. but he also 
lets you have a little bit of fun. You know, he has a little one-liner. He makes some jokes at the care at Timothy Chalamet's character's expense. You know, and they they seem to have a great chemistry with one another, which was lovely. Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet have a beautiful chemistry with one another. They really as well. do. Great. I mean, they look. Can I say something here quickly about Zendaya? Obviously. All right. Um, I I ne- at first I never knew what I thought I would I would think of her as an actress, mm. but the more things she's been in. Here's the common denom- the, the common denominator in all this. Her chemistry with um, Tom Holland. Well, Tom Holland, wonderful. Her chemistry with uh, why am I freezing on the guy, the, the co-star of uh, Zach Efron. Her her chemistry with Zach Efron in The Greatest Showman, unbelievable. And her chemistry with uh, I keep wanting to call Timothy him Paul Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet is wonderful. Oh, what's the common denominator in all that? Zendaya is really good as an actress creating chemistry with who, who her co-stars are. And that is an impressive feat. Mm-hmm. That is really impressive. Sorry, I, I just, you, you mentioned that. It reminded me of that. So no, it's that. absolutely yeah. true. I mean, like, I mean, that is one of the things is that when you as an, if you are, if you are a character, if you're an actor and you are relatively attractive you are going to be in the leading lady or leading man category you are going to be put with someone else of you know who is also probably very attractive and people are going to expect that it's believable that you are in love and when you can make people believe that you are in love with one another and that you are able to do that that that's a lot of vulnerability And it's also a lot of generosity because you have to, I mean, I remember my, I had an acting teacher who used to talk about this. She's like, I don't give a shit how much you hate that bastard sitting across from you. When you look at him, you better see the antidote to everything that ails you in his eyes. (laughs) That's a great line. She didn't actually say that. I just made that up. So thank you. That's a great line. And that's the thing is that you got to look at him as if he is the answer to every question you have. And he has to look at her like she is going to be the queen, like like she is going to resurrect his life. Like you have to be able to give that to your scene partner. And so the fact that Zendaya is able to do that again and again and again, not only proves that she can have chemistry with anybody but also that she's that committed to the work yeah. that she's doing and so i think it's really a and and the fact that she keeps getting hired for these really high profile because it was could have been very easy for her to be sloughed off as just another like you know young cute little thing but she's really been choosing some smart projects and uh yeah so back to dune this is a movie that again um i'm really annoyed that 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 is my one big note about WB and their presentation is that it's actually it's a shame that the opportunity to say Dune is only going to be in theaters exclusively that that was an opportunity that was missed. I think it's yeah. a shame. It was a total especially when they base the one WB executive basically admitted was talking a little bit and he basically admitted that the whole day and date release thing had failed. Like he basically admitted it 
and then was talking about Dune as this movie's got to be seen on the big screen. Then so don't just keep people, don't give people the option not just, to. It just felt like they was building up to saying and good news. But they didn't, and it was a total waste of opportunity. It just came across as hypocritical. But the best-looking film on this docket is Dune. I mean, it just, it just was. Batman looks fantastic. The trailer for Matrix blew my mind. King Richard looks incredible. The Many Saints of Newark looks like it's just on a different level. This was just a really good... They did a really, really good job, I mean, with this. Uh, the presentation itself was really good. At least the, the what were they were showcasing. They came with a lot of bullets in the barrel. They came with a lot of bullets in the barrel, and everything looks great. I cannot wait for Batman. I cannot wait for Dune. Uh, Dune's going to be in the Best Picture nomination race. It's going to be the next one. It, yeah, it's... Anyway. Okay, guys, with all that down... If you guys have a comment or question you want to get in here, uh, see if you can find yep. where we left off again. Thing is down a bit. Uh, don't use the tip link down in the description. Use the Super Chat feature in YouTube for these special videos and streams. We use the Super Chat feature built right in here on YouTube. So go ahead and send those in. You guys have been sending in questions. Have you found where we left off? I have. All right. Let's start hearing from you guys. All right, our friend Casey Max says, with Venom 2 now looking to be delayed for 2022, is this bad news for No Way Home? Or do you think October was just too crowded with Bond, Dune, and Halloween? First of all, I do not believe it has been officially confirmed yet, but there's a report going around that um, uh, Sony is going to delay Venom until January. That has not been confirmed yet, as far as I know. So maybe it will, maybe it won't. It might have, listen, we've been talking a lot about how crowded October is now. So it might be in response to the pandemic. It might be in response to uh, how crowded October is. So first of all, we don't even know that it is moving for sure. But if it does, it could be a lot of different reasons. But no, I don't think it has anything to do. They seemed pretty intent that Spider-Man No Way Home was staying where it was. Mm -hmm. In the Sony presentation, they seemed pretty firm that that movie was staying right where it was. So we'll see. Mr. 47 says, imagine the cheer watching No Way Home and we hear Danny Elfman's iconic theme when Toby shows up. My Mama. spider sense is tingling already. It, it could be. Listen, there's a lot of there's an, a lot of nostalgia. This is one of the great things about Spider-Man right now is because of the Raimi movies, there's also a lot of nostalgia. And they're going to play on all that stuff. They're going to bring it all to bear. Daniel Vicura says, so in regards to No Way Home, why wouldn't Fury just send Talos to masquerade as Peter and stand next to Spider-Man? I said that the at the end of the last movie, yeah. The spell seems unnecessary, or at least try the scroll, the scroll option first and let Peter know. Yeah, all they had to do was get Nick Fury to say, yeah, as an agent of the government, we can tell you it wasn't him, blah, 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 or just get a shapeshifter to do it. But again... It's hard to answer those questions when we haven't seen the movie yet. The movie will probably address that, and then we'll just go from there. Anton Riley says, Gotta know how WB played to the crowd. Did they go full-on heel, or did they try to be there in good graces, or did they just play it straight? Um, honestly, they there are, different, there are a couple of different ways they could play it, and they played it wrong. They played it as if nothing happened. It's like going up on a podium to give a speech with a big smear of chocolate cake on your face and not even talking about it, just pretending like it's not there. And that's what they did. They just pretended like this elephant in the room of their day. Other than that one time where the one executive basically kind of admitted that it was a mistake to do their whole HBO experiment. But other than that, they didn't really address it. They just pretended like, oh, we're all just one big happy family. Oh, we, we, we're in it together. Yeah, see Dune on the big screen. Some might call it gaslighting. Gaslighting, yeah, a little bit of that. Okay, anyway. 
Uh, Cutter Hale says, can't watch live, sadly, because I have to be up for work at five. Wow. <laughs> but just wanted to say that you are the reason I'm pursuing a career in film. I've been awesome. watching you since I was 10. I'm now 52. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm now 22. I hope the WB was fun. It, it, it was fun. It was. I mean, obviously a couple of eye rolling moments with the hypocrisy of it all, but man, give them credit where credit's due. The film lineup they brought looked awesome and that's awesome that you're pursuing your film career man casey max said hey john just want to let you know that i think the reason why there was no talk of Candyman during your mgm panel is because it's actually a universal property i believe that's actually i think universal is the distributor but i think mgm i'm pretty sure mgm produced it could be wrong about that but i'm, I'm pretty sure mgm is the production company on that but i could be wrong uh anisha deal said these excuse me and uh Initial D's. Initial D. Oh, thank you. Initial D says, hi, Aaron. Hi. Just, uh, it's nearly impossible. To, it's nearly impossible to time a tip question with your appearance on the John Campia show. <laughs> so I just wanted to say hi when I know you'd see it. Also, hi, John. Well, hello there, Initial D's. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, Anthony C said, Dr. S said, the problem is you living two times, two lives longer than you do, the more dangerous it is. Wait. The longer you live two lives, the more dangerous it becomes. Is you living two lives longer, you longer you do, the more dangerous it is. Sure. Perhaps that, that's an analogy for the Sony Marvel shared ownership? Oh, no, I don't think so. I, I, I think it's strictly for the story of it. And, by, and again, resist the temptation to read too much into any of those lines because we're seeing it all out of context, right? So we're not seeing it in the context of what's happening around that. That's what's really going to give it its meaning. But no, I don't think it's a... It's a I mean, maybe coincidentally, we can look at it as an analogy of that, but I don't think it was intentional. Ben Rayner says, Michael Keaton in the bit in the two biggest comic book universes right now. I'm so happy. He's great as Vulture, and yet him as Batman is my fave, and I can't tell you how excited I am to see him as Batman again. I'm really curious to see how big of a role or small of a role he has in Morbius. I'm really, really curious to see what that is, because when they he popped up in that trailer, man, that was shocking. Let's see where that goes. Uh, Mukbang Review says, thank you for broadcasting and for having Aaron. We love the guests you select almost as much as you and Anne. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I am very lucky because, you know, I've, I've known Aaron for over 10 years now. Um, obviously having Robert Meyer Burnett, having Kimberly is great. Um, and when I got people like Greg Alba on or Scott Mance or I mean, I'm just really lucky that I, I get to work with a lot of really great people. Well, you know what? You have uh, cultivated some wonderful people in your life because you treat people with kindness. You're always honest and real and you treat people with respect. So it's really easy to want to come and Can hang you just up. shut up and read the questions? <sighs> yes, sir. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yes, sir. <laughs> Yes, that's sir. that's cultivating respect. Yes, sir. Saud so Hassan says, "Are you allowed to show the poster, the posters that are shown at CinemaCon? If so, will you post the images? Yeah. Thanks and enjoy your show." Yeah, yeah. I think I, what I haven't had a chance to do yet is walk around and take pictures of all the stuff they've got on display on the trade show floor. So um, we, I will do that. I'll go around, take a lot of some video footage, so a lot of pictures, and yes, we can share that online, and I will tomorrow. Uh, Cast Graphics says, thanks, John and Aaron, for bringing us this content. Well, you're very welcome. Uh, Curtis Lopez says, came in a little late. Did a fight break out? Were the, were the tomatoes and eggs thrown? No, but but as, as Aaron described it, a lot of, how did you describe it? Like, not laughing, a snur Snickering. Snickering, yeah. It's like, there was some oh, tension in the room. Warner Brothers is a great partner to the theaters. And all you hear through <laughs> the theaters, <laughs> like it was audible. Anyway. Mukbang Reviews says, Please explain the Kiss t-shirt. Why here? 
Why now? Oh. <laughs> I like Kiss. I'm a fan. I got it at the concert. It's one of my favorite t-shirts. It's worn in. It's comfy. I and... was made from loving you, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the director of Bitch Slap and the director of the first two episodes of Spartacus, uh, Rick Jacobson, um, when he had his first child named Aaron, not after me, but I like to say that it is, um, I got him a kiss onesie. Like, that was like... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's like... I was like, hey, want to have a cool kid? Put him in a kiss onesie. All right, Martindale McClimate... That sounds horrible. Uh, Martindale McClimate says, part one of two, I've been wondering how they are going to explain how Goblin and Ock are still alive. How likely do you think that it... Do you think it is that strange wiped memories of everyone knowing Parker's identity, not just in the MCU, but accidentally across the multiverse, causing Toby's identity that ties into Gob and Ock death? Um, honestly, it's pointless to even speculate. I mean, there's there's so much we don't know. Um, there, like, it's all out of con. We just don't know the context of the film yet. So it's at this point, it's completely pointless to to just speculate too rampantly because of that. I just have no idea. I have no idea. I gotta get. I have to have more context to even form any kind of a fan theory about it. So let's see. Let's let another trailer come out and we'll allow that to fill in a little bit more context. Then maybe I can take some stabs at that. All right, Eric Wells says, Hope, Hope CinemaCon is going well. I have the opportunity to, sing, to see Shang-Chi at Alamo Drafthouse Dolby Atmos, and I've never been. Worth it over AMC Dolby? It's probably very similar uh, because, it, again, the AMC Dolby is the dual laser projection system. It's the Atmos sound. The big difference is going to be the seating environment. AMC's leather reclining seats are top-notch, man, in, in those Dolby theaters. They are top-notch. I like the Alamo Drafthouse. I've been to it in, in Los Angeles. It's uh, it's comfy. It's good. If it's got the Dolby Theater, excellent. So you can't go wrong with it. I would personally choose the AMC one just because I find the seating more comfortable. That's I would me. personally choose the Alamo Drafthouse. It is my favorite theater in Los Angeles. It is the one that I go to nine times out of ten if I have a choice of any theater that I want to go to. I love the seats. Um, I love the small theaters. I love the food that they serve. I love the customer service. I love the fact that if somebody is talking or texting next to you and disrupting your theater going experience. They'll throw their ass out. You can be your own Karen, like everyone accuses that, me that I am, and you can kick them out. I've never had to do that because the people that go to the Alamo Draft House specifically want to have an uninterrupted cinematic experience like I do. So you're going with like-minded individuals, not assholes. And I don't like going to movies with assholes. And I don't like asshole monsters, but I still want to see Dune. Mr. Graham 91 says, would you say that Sony is still at the top for their overall presentation? <sighs> If you're talking about overall presentation, the speeches, the footage, the surprises, yeah, it's still got to go to Sony. I mean, they came out very strong. Uh, their their message was very well received by by the audience. I mean, they came out strong. Day and date release on streaming is bullshit. That was their whole thing. It's like it doesn't work. The economic model doesn't work. We've studied it. We've seen it. It don't work. Our movies are made for theaters and blah, blah, blah. So they went on that, gave a great presentation. Then they actually brought Ivan Reitman and Jason Reitman out on stage, which, I mean, I, you kind of, when Ivan Reitman comes on stage, you feel like you need to get out of your seat and take a knee. Like that's, that's kind of the kind of how, how I feel. Like I would feel like when, if Scorsese walked on stage or if Spielberg watched on stage and Jason Reitman, who I love him as a director in his own right, he's fantastic. 
but then it's going to be hard to beat, folks, dropping a surprise screening of your movie, saying, oh, yeah, 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 no, none of you knew about this. We're going to show you the whole movie right now. That's tough to beat. That's tough to beat. So MGM, great presentation. WB, the film lineup they showed was fantastic. But I would say right, right now, like we still have several to go. We got Paramount, we got Universal, we got Lionsgate still to go. But right now, Sony is winning CinemaCon. <laughs> like to me, I don't know, do you agree? Or? No, 100%. And what I think is gonna happen is that we are going to, the CinemaCon moving forward, Sony just changed the game. And you know, how, how many years would you say that you've been going to Comic-Con? Like Six or seven years I've come. Okay, so I went to, wait, no, not, not, not CinemaCon, Comic-Con in San oh, Diego. Uh, probably two years before I met you. Okay, so we met in 2008, so 2006. So, but we've seen a big evolution of Comic-Con. Right. And let's be real, Comic-Con in 2006, compared to like Comic-Con as it is now, it has grown exponentially. It was already a big draw for the studios and the networks then, but it has become a whole other beast because every time somebody goes, hey, we're gonna bring the star of our movie, the next person goes, well, we're going to bring three stars from our movie. Yeah. And the next one goes, we're going to bring all of the stars from our movie. And we're going to have a party. And they're all going to be there. And we're going to have free booze. And everybody's going to get to do that. I mean, it just, everybody keeps trying to top each other. And Which so, is great for us. Great for us. So what I've seen is that um, MGM and Warner Brothers were on the same page of like, okay, this is a... This is what we do. We come out, we tell you what we're gonna show you, and then we show it to you. And we make these really cool trailers, and you get excited, and then you go back and you sell your movies. And Sony's like, <laughs> yeah, I just want a bouncy house to my Hold kid's my birthday. <laughs> yeah, so they literally took it from, I brought a clown to I brought a bouncy house, and next thing you know, you've got like, I don't know, a Blue Oyster Cult playing at your bar mitzvah. Like they're just constantly knocking it up a notch. And I think that we're really gonna see the results next year when all of a sudden MGM starts bringing out some guest cast and yeah. things. Um, the, the guest cast is that, that, that was aces getting to see, um, getting to see them. Uh, all right. So where are we? Uh, bah, 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 bah. okay. Uh, KC Max says, what were your first impressions of Andy Serkis as Alfred? Very, we saw very little. Like we did see him as out. He looks great. I mean, Andy Serkis is looking awesome these days. He's like, I think it was because of his Black Panther thing, but he is all square jawed now and squared off. So like, just see him in his like Alfred outfit, but there's no jacket, like just white shirt, black vest. I'm like, well, he actually looks like a real badass. Mm -hmm. I mean, how much of a win is Andy Serkis right now? He's starring in The Batman, and he's directing Venom 2. This is a good time to be Andy Serkis. So he uh, he looked great, but honestly, they very they showed very, very little of him, but he does look fantastic. Uh, Steve Payman says, great analysis. Seems Warner Brothers is struggling with marketing relative to the other studios. <sighs> I don't know if it's marketing as much as it is. I just felt like it was a little tone deaf. And sticking their, their foot in their mouths. I, I, I mean, yeah, they are struggling a little bit. Listen. They're also getting ready to face a huge transition because this time next year, they're not going to be owned by AT&T. They're going to be owned by Discovery. And I think this is going to be the harbinger of great things to come. 
Discovery is going to be a much better owner for Warner Brothers than AT&T was. Just the way that they handle their business is the way that a studio like Warner Brothers should be handled. And we're going to see leadership transitions happen once new bosses come in for sure. But I think really good things are ahead. Uh, Steve Payment, uh, sorry, Ryan Nicholson in a super chat. Thank you, Ryan. And Frank Castle said, you think the Batman will compete with the Dark Knight? They're going to be different films. And, and look, remember, we're talking about a trailer. We're talking about trailer and some footage. We've all seen bad trailers to great movies and great trailers to bad movies. So it's hard to say. I will say this. If, and this is a huge hypothetical if, if um, they are, if this movie actually lives up to the potential of what we've seen so far, it will rival The Dark Knight. But that is a huge leap going from footage and trailer to how does it actually play out. That's a big, big different thing. So I will say that hypothetically speaking, if the movie lives up to the promise of what we've seen so far, it will be, it will rival The Dark Knight. But will it actually be that good? That we'll have to wait and see. Brent says, knowing that you have been to Sony, uh, MGM, and now w, uh, now Warner Brothers, what was the most unexpected movie that came out of nowhere that you now want to watch? Ooh, that's a good question. For me, it was Cyrano. Cyrano. Yeah, yeah, I, I got to agree. Cyrano, the one with Peter Dinklage. Um, I mean, obviously Dune, I'm already super excited to see it. Batman, already super excited to see it. Um, a lot of those things. But... Uh, yeah, Sir, there Cyrano were a couple that looked really good, but Cyrano. something that I would have been like, oh, interesting. Yeah, I'll probably watch that one night at home. To I need to watch that in a theater, and I want to watch it as soon as possible, and I'm going to bring a box of tissues. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mukbang Review says, we love you both for streaming while traveling so much. Thank you. Aaron continues to glow. Oh, it's the baby. Uh, many thanks. Any hotel episodes to share? We're in a hotel right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that means, but you know, I will do a little bit of a vlog style thing tomorrow because tomorrow is going to be Aaron's first time watching Shang-Chi. And so, you know, I just like I did a reaction for me. We did a reaction from Robert Meyer Burnett seeing it. We're going to do one for her. So we're going to do, I'll probably show you guys around when we, when I shoot that video, I'll probably show you guys around the hotel a bit because we're at Caesar's Palace, maybe, maybe the most famous hotel in the world. Uh, Caesar's Palace. We're gonna. I'll show you a little bit of the floor of of CinemaCon and the trade floor and stuff like that. And then ultimately, we're gonna get Aaron's reaction to Shang Chi. I'm very excited. To oh, I'm it. excited too. All right. Um, Kay Green says, "Would you ever produce a hero fan film Kickstarter?" No. Delusion well, let me take that back. If the right pitch was given to me, I am. I am looking in the next year or two to finance to produce and finance somebody else's project. Um, and by me financing, I obviously mean my company. And by financing, I mean micro budget. But I am looking to do that. So uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe someday. So if you have a $150 million film that you would like produced, contact John somebody Campia else. at johncampia at millionairebillionaire.com. <laughs> Delusional Patriots fan sends in a $10 super chat and a wave. Hi there. Uh, mukbang reviews. To be clear, I mean hotel experiences with staff or of note how they treat you. I had oh, a bad great. experience at an upscale hotel in Atlanta. 
Sorry to hear that, but I will say that um, other than the coffee that I cannot, no one wants to give me coffee here. And it's not that they uh, don't have coffee, they just don't want to give it to me. And that's not a staff thing, it's just literally I can't find coffee anywhere. And uh, uh, so it's, it's been an issue for me, but that's not a Caesars issue, that's an Aaron Cummings issue. Uh, Caesars itself has been nothing but lovely, and the staff here has been in my opinion, just very helpful yeah, and wonderful. Yeah, been great. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, uh, Stubby Juan Kenobi says, Aaron, trust yourself. Correct him. It's Morpheus. LOL, Campia. Morpheus, yes. Morpheus. Uh, Coventry Terrier said, disappointed to not see any fantastic beast news. Would have loved to have seen an image of the mighty Mads Mikkelsen as Grindelwald. Yeah, they, they mentioned Fantastic Beast, but they basically said it's too far off for us to really talk about right now. So they did mention it. They said there'll be more to come later, but it was a little, a little bit outside of their reach right now. Kevin Cow says, thanks for these videos, John and Aaron. Can't wait. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Daniel Bakura says, John, you describing the Batman as being more in line with the many saints of Newark instead of other comic book films makes me think of the Dark Knight as being more like Heat and the Godfather. Yeah, I, I think that's a good comparison. It, it really is. And look, I'm sure there's going to be very a lot of comic book isms in the movie, I'm sure. It, but again, it just feels like a good, gritty drama that I'm totally psychotically excited to see. Manta says, when do you think we'll second we'll see a second trailer? DC fandom in October, perhaps? I'm assuming they're talking about the Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, definitely they'll have a second trailer there ready for that. Uh, Casey Max says, Universal panel is tomorrow night, right? Or tomorrow, right? So yes, I hope is. you guys can give us some good Jurassic World Dominion news. Oh, wow. I didn't even I'm, think about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Universal's presentation. I'm really excited. It's the one big one tomorrow. So we got Shang-Chi's. Uh, screening, and then we have the Universal presentation. Very excited about that one. And it's my mama's birthday. All right. So Happy birthday, Mama Cummings. She'll be uh, watching this episode tomorrow. She's in, in bed asleep already, but she'll be watching us live tomorrow. Uh, Cisco H says, am I late for the Flash and Batman talk? Yep, you missed all of it. Yeah, We're sorry about it. Again. Uh, once again, Flash and Black Adam are just too far off, so they're they're not talking about those films now. So, uh, But we did talk a lot about Batman. Just go back in, uh, in the video a little bit, and you'll see us talking about it there. Silver Surfer sent in a $20 super chat. Thank you, Silver Thank Surfer. Thank you, Silver Surfer. Useless Nobody said, you talking about Batman sounds like Netflix Daredevil. Makes me so unbelievably excited. Are you so? Are you spoiled the... Uh, um, also, you spoiled the Sopranos for me. I'm currently watching it, LOL. Well, that's on you, dude. Yeah. That's on you. I'm sorry. Once a show that's been off the air for 10 years, if you, yeah, there's no there's no spoiler limitations on, on movies that have like been out like ages ago. Sorry about that. <laughs> Little Tom 52 said, do you think people will come out to the theaters to see Dune? I mean, it is going to HBO Max as well. I want this to be really successful, but HBO oh, Max. It, well, look, it's going to it's going to face a struggle. It really is. The HBO. Look, there's no there's there's no other way to put it. Warner Brothers stabbed this movie in the back. There's, I'm sorry, you can try to pretty words it all you want. Warner Brothers stabbed this movie in the back. They stabbed Denis Villeneuve in the back. I have never in my life, never in my movie watching life, have I seen a director of an upcoming movie write an op-ed piece for one of the trades to eviscerate and talk about how much the studio he's working for sucks. And that's what, and Denis Villeneuve's a good Canadian kid. He's got the good Canadian manners. And he eviscerated he Warner Brothers. He's the French part of Canada. Well, well yeah, yes he is. He's, <laughs> he sounds like George St. Pierre when he talks. I mean, there's just no way around it. They stabbed the movie in the back. They totally betrayed the movie. They betrayed Denis Villeneuve. They betrayed every their financial partner's legendary. They betrayed everybody. But that's only one of the challenges they face. They also face the challenge that Dune is higher concept sci-fi. It's not, 
you know, it's not uh, The Incredible Hulk. And I love The Incredible Hulk. It's not um, Spider-Man. It's not, it's, it's not the fun whiz-bang kind of thing. It's higher-level concept sci-fi. And that is not going to appeal to everybody. No matter, even if it is the best film of the year and wins all the Oscars, it's not going to appeal to everyone. Um, and it's based on a book that came out how many? Generations ago. Yeah. Now. yeah. And so, listen, even without the HBO Max thing, Dune is going to face an uphill battle. They've got to nail the marketing. They've got to do really great trailers between now and then, really make an event. But that uphill battle, combined with the betrayal, backstabbing Judas move by Warner Brothers um, against it, it's, it's going to be very difficult for it to be a big hit. It's going to be very difficult for it to be a big hit. I don't think... I I honestly... I'm going to say something really terrible. I don't know how it's going to make back its money if it has if it gets released on HBO Max as well. Yeah, again, Free Guy has proved it. You put a little movie like Free Guy based on no pre-existing IP. It's not a sequel. It's not a remake. No recognizable IP. You make a movie like Free Guy... And it takes a 33, a minuscule 33% drop in the second weekend. Like the guy from Sony, opening night, the, the chairman of Sony came out and said, I just saw one of my competitors' movies the other night, Free Guy. And it's a big hit and it's doing well. Gosh, I wonder why. Maybe because it's theatrical only. Oh, maybe that's why it's making actual money. Instead of Warner Brothers losing their shirts, which they basically admitted tonight, losing their shirts, and ah, uh, it's infuriating. Sorry, we're going. We've got too many more yeah. questions to get through. So. All right, uh, Cisco H says, "Growing up with Zendaya on Shake It Up on Disney, she's ah. come a long, long way." And you know what? Thank you for pointing that out because I me I, I was going to mention that earlier, but I didn't know for sure if she did come from the Disney fa the Disney factory, which tends to sort of like churn out child actors, and some of them become Zac Efron but a lot of them do not. And so, yeah, for her to now go on and have the kind of career she's having, it's impressive. Uh, My Comic Planet says, Hello, John, and hello to the beautiful Erin Cummings. Thank you. Uh, question for both of you. What has been your favorite moment or movie reveal so far at CinemaCon? It depends. The best thing overall has been the Dune thing to me. Obviously, there's the experience of having Ghostbusters Afterlife dropped on you. But in terms of surprise, it's Cyrano. Uh, I mean, that that because it came out of nowhere and just totally romanced me. Like, I, I'm just, I'm in love with this thing. I cannot wait to see this movie in its full glory. Um, so, yeah, so it depends specifically you're talking. Best overall thing, Dune. Biggest, coolest thing, Ghostbusters Afterlife getting the full screening. Most pleasant, biggest surprise that I wasn't expecting, Cyrano. So mm -hmm. what would we see as your one big moment? My one big moment was definitely Ghostbusters. Because yeah, John that, that and I also, great. we were really up close in the front because we wanted to be closer to the speakers, to the stage, but we were off to the side. So as far as seeing things on the screen, it wasn't ideal. Um, so as soon as we realized what was happening, I was like, we gotta go. We, we gotta, gotta go. go. And, and so we went upstairs. Went back, yep. We ran upstairs and we got a really good seat up in the balcony that we could see everything and we we got a, a great Okay, we're spot. getting late um, on time here, so okay. let's rush Jonathan the... Rossifer says if all twenty twenty two DC films are praised and successful equals win. Well, yeah, that's a big if. Yeah. If if name anything. 
if every Star Trek movie from now on is huge and successful, is it a win? Yes. So yes, I will say absolutely yes. It looks it's looking good though. Xavier Black Wiley, uh, Black Wiley says, I don't know if you know yet, but Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu starring Nicole Kim and Luke Evans, Melissa McCarthy, Bobby Cannavale, and Michael Shannon. It's an amazing mental health self-care series. Please watch on um, um, FYI one episode per week. I have heard good things. I've heard mixed things. I'm excited to watch it. I've heard bad, good and bad things. So the Honestly, the cast sells me on it. The trailer did not. So, and I'm hearing mixed things. So we'll see. Mark Netto sent in a super chat. Thank you. Casey Albert says, hey guys, love the show. It helps me so much in my podcast prep. Of the presentations left, what are you most looking forward to? Probably Lionsgate because John Wick. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I mean, done. Probably, but, but then again, I don't know if they're even going to talk about John Wick because of how far away it may be, but that's the one thing I'm still kind of holding out hope for. Iconic Reaction said, hey, did you see my cousin at all? I mentioned him late last night. Black guy, bald, high voice. <laughs> I don't, I, no, I don't Desmond recall seeing him. was his name. Your excitement for the Matrix go up at all? Yes, yes. The trailer is fantastic, and my my... My excitement for Matrix couldn't be lower, so it has definitely gone up. Yes. Um, Initial D said, for John, knowing it was me without looking, I appreciate your professionalism and remembering my name, John. Keep up the good work. Thanks, both of you. Because I was like, Anita, and, and he was Initial like, Initial D's, D's. yes. The movie Buffness said, one, is Aaron single? No, no I am very, very happily married. married to the gorgeous Tom Degnan. Uh, number two, what was your favorite trailer from tonight? For me, it was Cyrano. Oh, from tonight. Um, uh, for me, I think it... I think, well, I have to say King Richard. But uh, after that, I would say Matrix for me. And then, no, Dune. I'll, I'll, well, Dune wasn't really the trailer. That was oh, just a lot of true. footage and scenes. I'll, I'll say I'll say King Richard. Uh, Harrison Jolly said... By the way, one second, guys. Uh, Got to cut off. Don't send in any more questions because we're running out of time now. So please don't send in any more questions. I actually have to go to the bathroom. Okay. I'm... Where do we leave off? Just point out, point out where oh, we left off. Uh, initial Ds. Um, no, Iconic Reactions. Right there. Okay. So right, because Cinema Reviews writes... Um, did they show any of Andy Serkis' Alfred in the Batman footage? And then they and did they give any more details of the main plot? Also, I hate uh, I hate the beach too, Aaron. Yes, sand. Uh, again, yeah, they did show uh, Andy Serkis as Alfred just a very little bit, though. He looks great, and just they spoke more about you know this is our detective story. This is Batman really finding himself. This is Batman in year two, as it is. Rampage Predacon sends in a super chat badge. Thank you, Rampage. Twenty seven uh, poker writes. Hey, Aaron and John, thanks for doing this. Based on what you've seen, do you think Pattinson gets that Bruce Wayne is Batman's disguise and not the other way around like Affleck did? Greetings from Chile. Well, really, the question here, 27 Poker, is not did, uh, does Pattinson get it? It's does Matt Reeves, the director, get it? And I get the sense that they do. I think they get what Ben Affleck got. And I think that's really going to work in the movie's favor. Nate G writes, do you think the Batman will be rated R or PG-13? I'm going to guess it's going to be PG-13. Uh, from all the footage you've seen, also, can you describe how Gotham looks from what they've shown? Gotham looks amazing. It looks dark. It looks gritty. Uh, none of the neon lights of the older Batman films, which is great. Um, so, and yeah, listen. Everybody thinks like, oh, if it's PG-13, listen, you can do a lot with PG-13. So I, I do think this is going to be a PG-13 film. Uh, Christine uh, Pedrosian writes, just want to say thanks for doing these live streams. You two always make my day brighter. Love you guys. Oh, thank you, Christine. I appreciate that very much. And now I'm going to run to the bathroom. While, <laughs> so you can handle a couple questions. Wait, I don't know where we're, okay. Uh, Curtis Lopez said, did Disney drop out of CinemaCon? I mean, like Warner yes. Brothers, they too pissed off a lot of theater owners and probably don't want that smoke. LOL. Yes, Disney is not making an appearance this year. I'm disappointed because I think it's a missed opportunity. You know, just like I think it's a missed opportunity that uh, 
they didn't announce that Warner Brothers didn't announce that Dune is going to be in theaters only, which as far as we know, it's still going to be on HBO Max. Could they pull it from HBO Max? Sure, they could do it at any time, but this would have been the absolute best time to do that. Um, and, and sadly, that didn't happen. So no, there is no Disney here, unfortunately. I would have been really curious to see what they would have brought. Uh, Jeremy McBride said, will Michael Keaton be wearing the same bat suit from the Batman movie in the Flash movie? I don't know. I don't think John knows either. I don't think anybody knows yet. Uh, Jesse said, loved hearing about Batman's new visceral brute fighting style. It was great. Uh, that's just what I was hoping for. Recently, some movie fight scenes have felt too choreographed to me, almost like they're dancing. I agree. I feel the exact same way. Um, it's nice when you have a choreographer who can really understand the tone of the film. And as we were talking about earlier uh, with um, the um, Sylvester Stallone film, um, sent, you guys will know in the chat, the Sylvester Stallone film, I want to say sanitation, but that's obviously wrong. He's a sanitation worker. Anyway, we were talking about how, uh, his fighting style is choreographed to really reflect his character as an older actor, as an older aging superhero. And I really love when a choreographer can totally tap into that and understand it. So thank you for saying that Jeremy McBride. Uh, sorry, Jesse. Nate G said, sorry for asking another question. Don't ever be sorry. Samaritan, thank you. Thank you. Love you guys, Super Chat. Uh, Nate G, you don't have to be sorry. With the fight scenes the, in the, the Batman footage showed, does the Batman use any weapons and gadgets? And if so, what kind? Well, you guys have already seen that. The trailer that we saw was the same trailer that you guys saw. Um, and most of the footage that we saw that was outside of that, a lot of the inner was a lot of interview footage, um, behind the scenes stuff. So I think most of the gadgets that Batman would be using are things that are already, already in the, the trailer that you guys have seen. So, uh, feel free to add that into the super chat and you guys can answer that for me. Uh, Iconic Reaction says, John, who's in the bathroom, I know this is a bit far-fetched, but any chance we could see another project or film by you in the next two years? I want more Campia movies. I agree, and I will ask him when he comes back from the bathroom. Um, all right, uh, next is John Redcorn. Just saw that Sony has changed their Spider-Verse name for, from S-P-U-M-C, Spider, yeah, to Sony's Spider-Man Universe. I know it's just a title, but it definitely sounds like they're taking Spidey from the MCU after No Way Home. Sounds like that to me, but you know what? John's a big professional on that, so I'm going to go back to that question. Uh, without going into detail, Brendan Shahey asks, without going into detail, does Matrix 4 bring anything new to the table in terms of special effects innovation like the original? They didn't talk specifically about the innovation, but if Obviously, it's the Matrix, and as we can always expect, really cool gadgets, really cool weapons, really cool cars uh, from the Batman. What we can always expect from the Matrix is incredible visual effects, and I felt like, like I get bored easily when I see the same things. You guys know that I've, I've talked about it. If I see one laser eyes, I can see them all. Um, this felt new. It felt fresh it felt exciting and for a movie to be in its fourth iteration and still bring excitement and newness to something that they really uh you know changed the entire game with which was their visual style uh i was i was really incredible i mean i was really in um in in awe excuse me thank you all right, uh, Sam Phillips said, did you get a good look at Riddler in the Batman? It almost feels like he'll be 
almost like a horror movie villain. I don't remember really seeing the Riddler. Yeah, I mean, he's he's in the mask. Um, he's the guy in the mask taping up people and stuff like that. I believe he's being played by... Um, oh, right. Uh, who's in There Will Be Blood with... Uh, oh, Javier Bardem. No, no, no. Uh, there Will Be Blood. Um, Paul Dano. Oh. Javier Bardem is in Dune. Yeah, but he's also in There Will Be Blood. Am I thinking of There Will Be Blood? No, you're thinking of uh, the greatest actor of all time. The best there is, the best there was. Daniel Day-Lewis? Yeah. I know the difference between Daniel Day-Lewis and... Is Javier Bardem in There Will Be Blood? Isn't that the one where he shoots people with the cow stun gun? No, no, no. That's No Country for Old Men. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I'm like, Javier Bardem is in... What? Okay, yes. Please continue. Hashtag Vegas. Um, All right. Uh, I want to go back to this question from Iconic Reactions. Uh, Iconic Reactions says, John, I know this is a bit far-fetched, but any chance that we could see another project or film by you in the next two years? I want more Campia movies. Um, I'll say this. I am, I haven't even told you about this yet. I am working on something with somebody um, that just hit uh, a very unfortunate delay, but one that we will overcome. So I do have another project lined up that I'm going to be working on. I will let you guys know more about that in the coming months. So yeah, so there's that. And, and in the meantime, go and watch uh, movie trailers, A Love Story. I don't know what he's talking about. All right. Uh, and John, I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. And John Redcorn said, I uh, just saw that Sony has changed their Spider-Verse name from SPUMC to Sony Spider-Man Universe. I know it's just a title, but that definitely sounds like they're it's taking Spidey from... It's better than Spunk. <laughs> it's better than Spunk. Yeah, that's true. Uh, All right, we're going to go back to uh, Sir Ivan Bennett says, Can I say that the camera absolutely loves Aaron? Looking good. Uh, There's a reason why... You're pretty hot too, John. Somebody here is a movie star and a TV star, and the other one of us has a YouTube show. Well, I am on the YouTube show too. Well, yeah, but you do both. You do both. Yes. Uh, Velocity Genshin Impact says, Had the chance to see Shang-Chi on the biggest IMAX screen in the country. Wow. Lincoln Square in New York. I love that screen. Uh, Two weeks early. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I would love to see that. Like, I got to see it on a great IMAX screen in the man's... It's no longer... It's now the... uh, uh, TCL Chinese Theater is what it's called now. So I got to see it in the Chinese Theater on that big IMAX screen they got in there. It was fantastic. Uh, all right. Johnny5619 said, Do you think Clerks 3 will have any footage at next year's CinemaCon? Also, that Kiss shirt just makes her all the more beautiful. <laughs> hey, I mean, I uh, like rock and roll. I don't know. Listen, you guys know... Ki- uh, Cl- I almost said Kiss 2. Uh, Clerks 2 is like a... Tr- maybe in my top 20... Favorite, if not tw- top 20, definitely top 30 favorite movies of all time. That movie is very, very special to me. I've been looking forward to a Clerks 3 for a long time. I don't like the description I'm hearing about it, but we'll see. I, I just can't remember when the movie's supposed to come out. So uh, if it doesn't come out until after next year's CinemaCon, then I'm sure we'll see it featured at CinemaCon. Mukbang Reviews says, thanks one more time for being you, Aaron. Will you attend this event again, post-kid, or pass on the event? Well, I have to acknowledge that um, I am only here because Robert Meyer Burnett was unable to come. So I fully, fully expect that next year, Robert Meyer Burnett will again get the first invite and only... Well, we can bring three of us next year. Like, we can bring all three of us. Oh, hey. Make a party out of it. Oh, I like that. Why not? 
Oh. We'll just have to crank. Can you imagine Robert's like having all three of us? Uh, I'll get a wider. Can we be? Why would like, Robert be in the middle? Obviously, I'm just saying. Can obviously, you imagine the it's third an Aaron person? sandwich between Robert and John. I can keep the two of you apart so that I can. I'll be your Paula Abdul between the two of you. Okay. Um, your crazy. Uh, all right, Harrison Jolly said, "Could but in your in answer to your question, I will say this." Um, I don't know. I've never had children before. So while I love to say, oh yeah, my life's going to be totally the same and I'll be able to do all the things that I've been doing before. I have, I'm pretty sure that Tom can babysit. It's not babysitting when it's your child. Of course it is. When when the husband goes out, the mom's babysitting. When the mom goes out, the husband's babysitting. When you're doing it, when you have to do it solo, you're babysitting. I will say this. I, uh, I consider, um, I, I, I know that Tom and I consider each ourselves fortunate that we have a very co-parenting uh, plan. And so we are very much looking at this adventure as we're going to do this together and that there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to go off for a week in Vegas and do this and leave Tom at home with our child. And there's no reason why Tom And would... then me and Tom can come to Vegas another week after that. Well, you, I and, would Anne, love that. you and Anne can go and do your thing. Yeah, we should like do a couple's trip and then we'll, you know... Um, I heard that people have these things, what are they called? Um, nannies. Yes, yes. Nannies. I've heard about those. So, uh, all right. Harrison Jolly said, uh, could you please describe the Batman new action scenes? It's 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 tough because it was all out of context, right? Like it's glimpses and flashes. I mean, they showed a lot of it, but it was glimpses and flashes. Just a lot of flying fists, very visceral, very brutal. Um, not a lot of finesse uh, that we've seen in other iterations of Batman. It's just like a, a how did you describe it? Just like brutish. Br- yeah, very brutish of him. Again, this is a year two Batman. He still isn't completely refined. He hasn't truly found his full identity yet. He's just still very angry at the world. That That's this Bruce Wayne. He's just still very, very angry at the world, filled with a lot of rage. And it's going to be awesome to see it play out. I find it to be the difference between wrestling and MMA. Like, wrestling has very choreographed moves. They're fun. They're exciting. People are flying off the ropes. People are hitting each other with chairs. People are, like, you know... Doing like a, a clothesline, clotheslining people. It's but it's all very choreographed. It's clearly choreographed, um, and then you get to MMA, and it's just nasty. It's just dirty, and you don't know what's going to happen next. And people are spitting, and blood's flying everywhere, and they're and and they're grappling all over the floor, and it's real homoerotic and exciting. And sorry, it's not homoerotic. All right, what's next? Is there anything next? No, we're going to end on that. We're done. We end on homoerotic. That's what you were tuning in for. We're ending on... Guys, thank you so much. Again, overall, very good presentation, especially just the film slate, the Warner Brothers. The footage they showed was fantastic. Uh, Top to bottom. Uh, Especially, I mean, Malignant looks looks, looks quite good, but Cry Macho, it was really more about uh, Clint Eastwood. But Many Saints of Newark looks amazing. King Richard looks amazing. Matrix Revolution... I mean, even I got to say the trailer was utterly fantastic. Resurrection. Sorry, I wrote the wrong Sorry. name. Uh, Matrix uh, Resurrections looks utterly fantastic. The Batman stuff looked incredible. I cannot wait to see Batman. And the crown jewel of it all is Dune. I mean, and we still have a Shang-Chi screening and three studio presentations to go. 
Uh, so we still have Shang-Chi, we still have Universal, we still have Paramount, we still have Lionsgate. I'm really excited about, I, I'm like excited about all of them, but yeah. so we have many more live streams to come, guys. Uh, make sure you check in tomorrow. We're gonna get uh, her live reaction. It's not gonna be live, but we're gonna get her reaction to Shang-Chi. Keep your eye open on the channel for that. And guys, Thank you so much for joining us here this evening. For some of you guys, it's really late. Like, I know it's like 1 a.m. right now on the East Coast. Well, so. yeah, thank you. And it looks like, you know what, I, I will say this. Um, regardless of whatever our opinions are about any of these movies, the cool thing is that the studios have a lot coming your way. And I know I am going to make a commitment to going and seeing as many of these in the theater as possible. I hope that you do the same because the only way that these studios and these theaters can stay alive and continue creating epic movies like Dune and like the Batman is if it's profitable to do so. And they can't do that unless we are supporting them by going and uh, buying movie theater tickets. So yeah. let's so make a commitment to, to supporting this industry by going and buying, seeing movies in the theaters. And uh, I know I will if you will. Especially these ones. Yeah. Especially these ones. All right, guys. That'll do it for us for tonight. We'll be back again tomorrow. Thank you for hanging out with us. So for myself... Aaron Cummings, to all of you, our international friends, thanks for being here, guys. My name is John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.